I had Mr. Jacobsmeyer for my principal for six years. One of my favorite things about him is how he always points out my Costco sweatshirts. I've had Mr. Jacobsmeyer as my principal for five years. To me, he's the best because he always cares about the students no matter what. I had Mr. Jacobsmeyer as my principal for three years. And my favorite thing that he does is play music outside and say hi to us every morning. Uh, I too did. <laughs> I've had Mr. Jacobsmeyer for my principal one year. And one of my favorite things about him is that because he cares about our family. We love you, Mr. Jacobsmeyer. But not as much as Costco. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my four kids talking about the principal of their school. Now, why in the world would they talk about him like that? Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast, where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and today's episode is featuring the greatest public school principal in the history of schooling. At least that's how it feels sometimes. Zach Jacobsmeyer is the head principal of Gilmore Fine Arts in my hometown of Racine, Wisconsin. You'll understand why I had to have him on here after listening to this. And you'll probably want to hang out with him too. This is one of my most anticipated episodes with my family, at least, and it was one of the most fun episodes that I've done over the past four plus years. I, I love this guy. So let's just jump into it. Here it is, my conversation with Z Killa, just made that up, Mr. Zach Jacobsmeyer. How do you how do you view your role as a principal? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And when you sent me the outline, um, I started to think about that a little bit and, and really uh, focus on that question because that's some of the things that we've been focusing on as a principal group through our own professional learning and own professional development. But um, the, the first thing really is, is about serving. Uh, it's about serving people uh, and, and being right there uh, to help anybody, to help students, to help staff, to help families. Um, and, and then something that um, has really started to kind of hit home with me over the past couple of years, um, really, really kind of post pandemic since we've been back in, in, in person um, is inspiring. Um, and, uh, how do I inspire uh, people who I serve? So uh, how am I inspiring students each and every day? How am I inspiring staff? How am I inspiring uh, families? I've, I've really started to think a lot about that and, and think a lot about uh, the impact that I'm having with, with those that I work most closely with. What are the conversations like between you and your wife? Not to get into nitty gritty detail, but um, how, how do you explain you know, what, what you do as a principal you know, to your wife that might be different than the, the peer groups kind of conversation. Yeah. So my wife is actually also in, uh, in education, which might make those, which might make some of those conversations a little bit easier. But, um, I, I think there's probably a, a couple of different things that, you know, we typically discuss, I guess, a couple of different feels of those conversations. So sometimes it's like, you know what, I just, I just do anything and everything. I just, you know, I, I show up. I, sometimes I got a broom in my hand. Sometimes I'm, uh, as you know, cranking tunes out in the, uh, out in the front circle during drop off. 
stuff, uh, you know, other days. And oftentimes in the same day, I'm meeting behind closed doors, talking about how our kids are doing, talking about ways that we can get better, working with staff through different things. So it, it's really just kind of, uh, you know, what, what what's the day going to bring? Uh, some of it's planned out, some of it isn't, but you pretty much have to be ready for anything. And so um, you have to be kept on your toes. This job will keep you on your toes at all times. And so you always just got to be ready for whatever the day may may throw at you, planned or unplanned. And this this next one is kind of it is follow up directly in line with what you were just talking about, and it's it's a bigger one. So if you need to think about it, it's all it's all good. How do you know that you're succeeding as a principal? Wow, that is a really good question. And we just we just had that conversation a couple of weeks ago in a in a, in a meeting that I was in, and I guess I can share a little bit of a of a backstory to that, if you don't mind. Bring it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. So in the, in the meeting that I was in, it was a day long. Um, it was myself. It was a couple of other uh, building principals, uh, several central campus administrators. And we started the day off uh, with an activity where uh, you, you got a post-it note and you had a number of the post-it one, two, uh, one, two, and three, uh, right down in line. And, and, and you couldn't think about your, your responses much. And the question was, uh, what do you remember most about your, your K-12 or pre-K through 12 experience uh, as a student? And so, uh, and they said, you can't overthink it. You just got to put it down. So I'll put your first, your second, your third. So I listed my first, my second, and my third. So my first one was a teacher that I had in second grade. Uh, my second one was sports um, and being involved in activities. And then my third one was friendships. And so everybody got time to label their post-it. And then uh, what we did was they had everybody stand up and they they uh, made three different sections of the room. Uh, one section uh, was in an was in an educator was an educator category. Uh, one category was a social category, and the other category was an academic category. And what they did was they said, "Take your first number on the post-it note, and do you consider it? Uh, do you consider it to be an educator educator related? Do you consider it to be uh, social, uh, having related to your social experience, or do you consider it to be academic?" And it was interesting because pretty much everyone in in the group went to either uh, social. Or an educator uh, was was their top experience. There were only a couple people in the academic side of the room, if you will. And so, perfect, we did that. Um, second one, take your second one. So I moved from educator over to social. And what was interesting is that the group the, the group sizes really didn't change much. There were still more people by an overwhelming amount in the educator uh, side of the room and on the social side of the room, a couple of people in academics. And it was the same thing for the, for the third round as well. And so, and so what it showed me was that the things that we remember about our experiences in school oftentimes uh, have, have to do with an educator, with somebody who makes an impact um, or, or something social that they, that they may have been involved in. And so I guess to go back to your original question about how do you, how, how do you measure success and how do you see yourself as being successful, I, I've really started to you know, shift gears and, and move into this idea of what type of experience are we giving kids um, in our building because those are the types of uh, of things that they can remember. They may not always be the things that, uh, you know, numbers can print out and uh, that you get hard data on, but what type of experience are we, are we giving to our kids? Are we giving to our families? Are we giving to our staff? And it, it, is it a good one? And if it's a good one, I think we're doing something right for sure. Absolutely. That ties into this next thing that I wanted to tell you while we were recording 
my kids have had a fantastic experience overall under your leadership, but there's, there's a lot that I've seen and that I know because of our experience with my kids being at the school with you all these years that the listeners don't. So if you could uh, describe for us what student, the student experience is like at GFA or Gilmore Fine Arts, uh, how would you describe your staff, the culture, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's it's what can we do to make kids just have an awesome time? We we want kids to have the best time here. We 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 really do. We want them to look forward to coming to school. We want them to love being here at school, and um and, and we just want to we want them to have just an excellent excellent day after excellent day after excellent day. And so um a couple of things that I think stand out just in terms of what we do that is is geared towards that student experience is. You know, here we offer, um, as it is a fine arts school, we offer tons of different elective options for kids to be involved in. So um, kids get to experience a lot of the th- a lot of the things that they naturally love during the school day, which which isn't true of of some buildings and, and some schools. Um, students here they get your traditional gym, they get your traditional uh, art, music, but they also get drama, they get dance. Um, so they just get some things that are a little bit different, where they can really have a chance to maybe craft some. Of the skills that they already have, find something new uh, that they may be interested in, support um, something that they may be doing outside of school. A lot of our students, um, whether they're in elementary, whether they're in middle school, um, are also involved in activities outside of school. You know what they do outside of school, what they do during the day. They they kind of talk to each other, uh, and they allow them to you know strengthen uh, some of the different specialty areas uh, that they have. So I, th- I think that's one of the things that stands out about the experience. And and honestly, from a you know I, I think the, the the culture that we work to set here as a as a building just just supports that and and helps make that possible. Just you know being being accepting. Um, being welcoming, being open, um, having energy. Um, energy is, is super important. Um, it, it's not uh, it's not a cool thing to be walking around a, a workplace, especially a school, where uh, people aren't smiling, where people aren't happy, uh, where people aren't enjoying the work that they do. And so um, that that's really that that's really important to me. Oh, yeah, I can just just read it like it is. Okay. So be a little different. This episode is brought to you by unscrupulous hackers that we want you to know. We're just going to steal all of your information, exploit your organization's weaknesses and take the money you've earned over the past 15, 20 years of business. We're just telling you because we want you to know that you don't need to take any action when it comes to it security. We don't need you to worry about that. You don't need to train your employees on what to look for in any emails. Come on, seriously, just click it all. Everything will be fine. I mean, it's worked out so far, right? Why change anything now? CCB technology is in business to protect your business. Seriously, don't reach out to those guys. They'll mess up what we internet thieves have planned for you. Trust me. Just because CCB is the only one that guarantees your satisfaction or your money back, that's just a way for them to interrupt our relationship. Now, we've got a good thing going, and I promise we're going to send you a present. It's called ransomware. It's coming to you soon. You're going to love it. Don't go to ccbtechnology.com. Don't you do it. Wow. Okay. Can you take this back? Thank you. I feel like I need to go take a shower after saying all that. Back to my conversation with Mr. Zach Jacobsmeyer. Tell, tell a little bit about 
I've told people at work about this, so this won't be a surprise for anybody that listens to this, but tell people a little bit about parent involvement. What, what, what does parent involvement look like at Gilmore Fine Arts? Oh, man. So we just have fantastic parent involvement. We have, um, I mean, there's, there's basically, we, we want you to be involved. Um, we, we want to help you know, we, we want you to know that our doors are open. We want you to know that you can get a hold of us. Uh, we want you to know that uh, we are available and, you know, we have different things that you could be involved in. So for example, um, you could be involved in our, our school's PTA. You could be involved in uh, uh, volunteering throughout the day. We have parents who come in, uh, do some tutoring. They read, they talk about their own careers. We have different events uh, all throughout the year where parents uh, can attend. They can be involved in. There's different concerts, different art nights, um, just different things that they can, uh, you know, be a part of to help them, you know, really I guess be a part of our uh, of our school culture. So yeah, I, th- I think those are uh, some of the s- some of the bigger things. Of course, um, you know we we have parent teacher conferences, things like that. Some of the traditional things, but yeah, we have some things too that just naturally kind of lend itself to bringing people in and uh, having them kind of see what we do, you know, each and every day here in the building. And I'll I'll add to that that from a uh, parent's perspective, if you don't get there early for a second grade performance that's like 15 minutes long, you will be waiting in line. Like it's, it's just what it is. Like I, I have been impressed and encouraged by the, the amount of parents that, that show up for these random times and where now we know uh, over the years we've learned where it's either me or my wife or whoever can get there. My mother-in-law can get there early to try and save some seats when we're in the auditorium because those year-end year-end productions are packed. Oh, they're packed. packed. Yeah, yeah, they're super packed. Um, parking gets to be a little bit of a nightmare out there, but um, they're, they're they're super packed. And I and I also want to say too that um, you know it's it's kind of I'm not a fine arts guy. Um, I, I didn't grow up in, in the arts. Essentially, I was more of a sports guy. Um, it's it's not that I you know wasn't interested. I just I, quite honestly I didn't have time. Um, it just it. I just took athletics over over being in the arts, and I never really understood. I just never really understood it. I, I didn't really, um, I didn't really get it um, until I started at fine arts, and even then, it took me a couple of years to really kind of understand. And and being a parent too has has strengthened that appreciation. You talk about um, you talk about having the auditorium packed for a you know a fifteen minute performance at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I always thought the first first year or so, I thought to myself, "Wow, that's that's interesting." I'm like, I, I don't really understand how that works. Well, being a parent and 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 seeing my own kids um, be a part of things at school, such as concerts, um, shows, uh, plays, things like that, I just want to see my kids on stage, man. I just want I just want to see them out there. Um, I want to see you know what they've been working on. I want to see how they've prepared. I want to see uh, if they're out there confidently. And, and honestly, too, I, I want to see how they're how they're doing compared to some of their peers on on stage so i i've definitely grown to appreciate that and definitely have grown to understand the value of seeing your kids perform for sure i agree i agree it changes things it really um, does i think it changes how you lead people too once you're oh yeah because uh, you start giving giving instructions and then you have to pause and think like okay why did i say that like that and it it, it changes a lot of things but um, one of my favorite things about taking the kids to school is seeing you outside directing traffic. You mentioned it before, just pumping the jams and getting people into it. So 
in that vein of or that train of thought, uh, talk a bit about your leadership style. Where does it come from? Like, how did you get here? Like, why are you leading the way that you are? That's a that's a good question too, because you know, as I as I mentioned earlier, I this I just finished up with my tenth year as as principal, so going into my eleventh year, and I've I've always looked at ways that. I can freshen myself up a little bit, you know, um, ways that I can maybe do things differently uh, based off of some of the feedback that I get, based off of some of the things that I may be listening to, some of the things that I may be, um, you know, reading. Um, it, it just it just really depends. But I've really started to gravitate and be pulled towards um pulled towards leadership, the, the, uh, I guess a style, if you will, that I've decided upon based of based upon a question, I think, an, an age-old question that has, has kind of been, how do leaders see themselves and what, what's the responsibility of leaders? And it, it's, this, it's this idea of, as a leader, would you, rather, would you rather be respected or liked? And I, I thought, I've thought about that a lot. And I think, I, I think with that question, I think it's kind of a trick question, actually, Steve. I, I think it's I think it's actually a little bit of both. I, I think you have to be respected and you have to be liked. Um, I don't think, I think you have to kind of find a, a, a nice middle ground there. I don't think that you can be too heavy one way or the other. And so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely how I've been approaching my work or, or is, is what can I do to be respected and, and what can I do to be liked as well? Because I think those two things have to go hand in hand. I, I agree. I, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> in my opinion, I think the people that you want to follow are some of the best leaders. And why do you want to follow them? Not just because they're buddy, buddy with you all the time, but because they take a stand at certain times, they hold you to a certain, certain standard. Um, and so there is that balance of, okay, I respect this person because they have my best interest in mind, but I also like following them. Um, they're not a dictator. And one of, one of the things actually about you during I think it was during and around the pandemic, it was something that I noticed about you. Uh, you use people's names a lot, <laughs> like like everyone's name. Uh, there's hundreds of kids and parents and staff to remember. And it feels like, uh, what, what? actually, I'll tell you this story real quick. It's not an outline, but um, I distinctly remember walking in for one of those little performances once we kind of opened back up to, to do, doing stuff like that. Everybody's masked up. Um, we're, we're walking through the hallway. I'm at the end of the hallway and you yell out to me and my wife, uh, by name. And so I'm like, not only does he remember our names, but he recognizes my bushy eyebrows or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. We're masked I don't up. think the hair but, was as long at the time. Was no, it, it wasn't. It okay. wasn't uh, the long hair don't care yet. But, uh, yep. uh, so, so tell us about the use of first names and, and maybe if you have like some tips or whatever of how the heck you remember so many of them. But I guess, what's the power of using the first names? Why do you use the first names? Why do you focus on that so much? Um, and are you naturally gifted at it or is it something you've kind of worked at? Yeah. Well, thank you for remembering that uh, story. I, I don't remember that story, but I, well, I'm well, glad I don't that... expect you to, man. You do this with every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, um, but, I, but I, I definitely did that. I'm sure I did definitely do that. That would be something that I would do. Um, it, it, names are um, so really it's it's all about connections and relationships so how can you connect with people and, and how can you build 
a relationship. And, um, you know, you could probably debate on what comes first, a connection or a relationship. Is it a relationship? Is it a connection? What, you know, which one is it? But um, connections and relationships are, are super important to me. And one of the best ways that um, you can start to connect with people is, is, is knowing their name. Um, I, I just, no one, no one likes to um, have their name forgotten. Um, you, it never makes you feel good uh, when somebody doesn't, <clears throat> when somebody doesn't remember your name. And so, um, it, it's honestly, it's one of the things that I've, um, kind of always been able to do. Um, I don't, uh, I don't spend like, you know, hours before school, before the school year starts going through the yearbook or anything like that. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I just pick them up. I, I try to never forget a name. I just think there's super, um, there, there's a ton of power in remembering someone, remembering their name and connecting with them in that way. And then using that connection to, um, build a, build a relationship. So it's, it's super important to me. Um, I've, I've had, you know, it's funny that you're bringing this up because I've had several people ask me how you remember so many names and, uh, I, I don't really know how I do it. I just, uh, I, I just do it. And, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you a little bit of a curveball. Am I allowed to do yeah, that? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. So I'll throw yeah. you a little bit of a curveball. So, um, I, 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 one of the things that I've also picked up on too, um, it, from a connection standpoint is I've tried to take the name remembering um, even a couple of steps further uh, to where I have some pets memorized, Steve. Okay. I've got pets. Oh. So I've got some pets of staff. I've got some pets of uh, kids memorized. So I can do, I, I'm pretty good with, again, student names, uh, sibling names, parent names, but I've started to get in into the, into the, the world of uh, pets and uh, remembering people's minds. I bet. Yeah, but man. You, it it, it you does. Know them, then. You yeah. know them. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it, and that builds it, and, and that just furthers that, like makes that connection deeper. Right. And, and further builds that, um, that relationship. And I, and, and I, I also, uh, you know, that work is obviously ongoing, right? You, you continuously, you, you continuously do those things, but it, again, it starts with like just knowing the names on the, uh, on the front end and remembering those things and, and, and making those connections and building those relationships early on because it makes everything much easier. Yeah. So, <clears throat> not to throw a curveball back. What drives you to care about people like that? What drive? Wow, that's a that's a great question. That's a very. Um, I should include that in the outline, but I. You yeah, know, okay. as, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'll just give you a second to think about it. Here's here's where where it's coming from. I've heard it said. I can't remember who said it, but if you know when you really care about people, you'll start remembering their names. It might have even been my dad saying it to me at some point, like whatever. But I'm hearing you say this, and. It's driven, it's not, it's not driven by, you know, making a sale or, um, you know, don't you like the way you feel in this new car kind of thing? It, you're, you're doing it out of, and it's not duty. I've seen you. So there's, there's, there's happiness, there's joy, there's, there's, um, there is connection that's happening. So it doesn't have to be a perfect answer at all. I know it's kind of a, giant question, but what do you think it, what is it that drives you to care about people like that? Yeah, I think it goes back to part of that serving piece and part of that inspiring piece. Um, it, it you know, I, I always, I, I want to provide really good customer service to people. Um, I want people to feel really good about what they're getting out of a place where I'm leading. Um, I, I want people to feel really 
really good about that. Um, I, I want them to feel that um, they're being treated well. Um, I, I want them to feel that you know we're we're working with them. I want them to feel that we care. I want them to feel that we're here to help. And and perhaps um, sometimes some of the residual effect of that is that can be inspiring to people as well. And when people when people feel inspired, they change behavior, um, and they and they do things differently. And perhaps. The service that we provide um, could inspire someone to, you know, change their own behavior, change their family's behavior, change their behavior at work, whatever it may be, and and do things better and make things better. Because we all have a chance and we all have an opportunity to, you know, make our impact and make our dent and um, help um, just just help be better. And if I can, you know, if I can help other people be better, um, I'm all for that. So good. And we've talked around around it <clears throat> a bunch so far, but I'll be a little bit more direct with this next question. So what are the common or some common misconceptions about public education? I thought about this. I saw this on the outline and I thought about this one for a little while too. Um, I think that, um, and I'm not sure if this is a widespread misconception or not, but I feel like sometimes, and I've heard this from people that sometimes they feel like they're, they, they may be settling. Uh, for a, a public school uh, or for public education, um, and and I don't really know. To be honest with you, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's um, driven by previous, like you know, poor experiences in public education. If it's driven by news, media, whatever, you know, I, I'm not sure. But um, you don't have to subtle. Um, you can find you, you can find great schools. You can find great public schools. You can find great public schools right in your neighborhood. You can find great public schools in your district. Um, so it, you don't have to settle, you know, just because you, you know, couldn't get into a private school or don't have tuition or couldn't get a voucher, whatever it may be. You, you don't have to settle. There are great uh, public school options. And that's one of the great things that I really love about being in Racine is that there are lots of options uh, for families. And it, there's there's great opportunity here if you want to grab it and if you and, and, and if you want to be a part of it. So there's a couple uh, professions that I feel like are expected to change the world, <laughs> and uh, to, uh, educators being one of them, probably medical professionals, and then you know clergy probably is up there too, and, and I'm sure there's others, but. Uh, typically in my role as sales guy and podcast guy, I'm not typically <laughs> expected to change the world. So in your role, 10 years doing this thing, you're around educators, you're, you're, you're a champion for education. What areas do you think are most important for like sustaining change as that's taking place as change is taking place outside of the school? What do you think's most, uh, important or what are some things that are most important for sustaining change, you know, within the realm of control of a, of a principal. And I, again, I'm thinking of this question from the standpoint of maybe somebody listening to this, who's in education, who feels kind of beat up. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to take just a little bit of a step back to, and I've take a little bit of a step back, but I, I'll get to kind of what you're bringing up right now. So another thing too, and, and I've had several talks with this in regards to uh, some of my supervisors and some of the, you know, staff and some of the team that I work with it, it, a misconception or a thought about public education too is here in the state of Wisconsin, um, 
there's a there's a thing called school report cards that are issued by the Department of uh, Public Instruction, and um, you know a, a school can be you know given a report card that 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 is you know significantly exceeds expectations all the way down to fails to meet expectations. Um, private schools get those report cards as well, but um, one of the things I, I think that I would I would I would say to people is I, I would I would encourage you not to make a decision about um, what school you think is going to be the best fit for your child or your children um, solely based off of a, of a school report card. I think that's super important. You know, there may be a school that, you know, maybe it like meets few expectations or maybe it um, just met expectations. Uh, if, if those are some of the things that you have questions about, and, and you know, I do as a parent as well, but if those are some of the things you have questions about, or if those are some of the things that you're wondering about, visit the school, talk with the people who um, are in there each and every day, um, call up the principal, call up an assistant principal, call up the secretary, um, call up a teacher, uh, work those family connections um, to, to figure out whether or not it's going to be the, the, the right fit. When you're looking for um, what the right fit may be, Take a holistic view. Don't 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 just look at like one thing. Um, take everything into account, and it and it kind of goes into Steve what what your what what your question kind of was, and it's it's about that experience. Like, what type of experience are you getting in the building, and that's in our control. Um, you know, no matter what changes um, on the outside, no matter how much things changing, um, you know, federal government, state government, local government, uh, you know, w- what is it within our control? And we are totally in control. I-, I feel very confident in saying that we are totally in control of the experience that we can give students, families, and staff here in our building. That's good, man. I'm glad I asked and I'm glad you had us pull a step back because that that's a really important thing that that's in your world that affects our, my world as a parent. But I'm glad you drew that line uh, because if we're not getting engaged, we talked about parent involvement at uh, GFA, but prior to choosing what school you go to, there has to be some parent involvement. So stepping up, getting engaged and directly going to the source versus just uh, taking in the information that's put in front of us. Yeah. And, and you know, so I have a, uh, so there was a, we have a staff member here who had said to me um, last year, I think it was last year. She said, you know, we've never worked with a principal, a a head principal or whatever. Okay. um, Who has been, as accessible and has put themselves out there as, as much as you do. And of course I, you know, at the time I'm just like, Oh, you know, not a big deal or whatever, you know, thanks for, you know, thanks for, uh, you know, letting me know that basically. Um, but, but, but I thought about that and I thought about that and I think there's some, some truth to that, Steve. I, I, you know, I, I put my personal phone number out there. I put my desk phone out there to people. Um, I welcome people to give me a call directly on my line. That, that's important to me, you know, from an experience standpoint, from our from our families. Um, it's important to me that you don't always have to go through someone to get to me. It's it's important that I'm I'm there for you. And it's important that I'm available to you when you may need me. So um, I, I always encourage people to reach out to me directly um, if they have any questions, if they have any concerns, if they're, you know, 
even prospective families who are thinking about maybe coming to Gilmore, I always let them know, hey, anything you need, um, you know, we we want you to be comfortable here. If there's anything you need, you let us know. Uh, we want to make sure that this is the that this is the right fit. And I always tell people to always tell people if this isn't the right fit or if it's not the right time, hey, I totally understand that. That's not a that's not a, a problem at all. There's no you know hard feelings on my end. How can I help you uh, find the right fit? Um, is there any you know is there anything you need me to do? And so um, I've had situations and cases where I've sat down with the parent and you know they're you know they're thinking, well, maybe I I'm thinking about this option or thinking about that option, and I don't think this is really working out, or I'm not sure this would be a good fit. And, and I'll call up somebody. Um, I'll, I'll reach somebody um, and let them know that I met with so and so, and if they could get in touch with them, um, they're thinking about maybe you know their program or or, or whatnot. So again, it, mm-hmm. it just kind of goes back to helping people. Yeah. Have, have, have you read um, or listened to The Go-Giver? Have you ever heard of that book? No, I have not. No. Okay. You're just reminding me. I just finished uh, the. I finished that and then The Go-Giver sells more. There's like a whole curriculum kind of a thing, but The Go-Giver has been around a long time. Somebody recommended it to me. You're reminding me of that so much where um, you're, it, you keep talking about service. You're coming alongside people. You're talking about experience and you're giving people uh, grace to bow out take other options and you're helping them find their way because there's something more at stake than people coming to your school, which is, it's great. It's great, man. Um, so anyway, it's just a resource you might want to check out sometime. Cool. I will definitely um, check that out. As, as if you don't have enough already on you. No, <laughs> no, I tell you, I am like, definitely, I, I try to consume, um, all these, I try to consume a lot of different things from a lot of different places, print, audio, uh, I'm more, you know, big, big into podcasts and things like that. Big into, uh, I've started to read a lot more. So anything I can get my hands on. It's an easy read. It's a business fable. So it's not like, um, uh, yeah, it's not, you know, starchy or boring, but, um, all right. So <clears throat> we've gone through some deep waters. Uh, this next section I've named the lightning round. Uh, the only heads up that you have about it is that it's happening. So, uh, I'll give you, uh, 10 either or type questions. Um, and this is just going to highlight your personality because I already know you're, you're awesome. So you, you have to pick one. So I'll give you 10 either, or you got You got to pick one. Now, if you get to a, if you get to a point and whatever, you, you know, you got it. Uh, so for example, I might say something like hot air balloon or hang glide, but I'm not going to say that one. So, okay. I gotcha. Do I have to explain why? You can. It's fun if you want okay, to. Okay. Sure. If you okay. want. Um, they they kind of get progressively a little bit more uh, difficult, in my opinion, but we'll see. All right. So, um, Costco or Sam's Club? Mm, you know, you already I know do. this one. It's I Costco do. for sure. Yeah, hundred percent, hands down. There's although, no I, although I do want to say, um, I did purchase my wife's wedding ring at Sam's Club. That was okay. before I knew better. That was before there I knew you go. better. Before, yes, right. That's right. Before you became like a premium member and got the gas at Costco. Correct. Uh, all right. Uh, and baseball or football? <sighs> Am I playing it or watching it? That's good. Um, playing. Playing it. Uh, baseball. Okay. Um, nap or exercise? Exercise. Every meal, breakfast food or every meal, dinner type food. Every meal, dinner type food. Okay. In some meatloaf yeah, for dinner. breakfast. All right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, no, I, if it's in the fridge and we had it the night before and it's five thirty in the morning, I'm going after it. 
<laughs> that's see, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I love these lightning round kind of things because yeah. for me, it's, it's breakfast food for sure. But they, picturing you ripping into to like some cold pizza or something. Uh, cold pizza is definitely my thing. I I will never it? turn down a piece of cold pizza um, ever. Because you're because you're that kind of guy. I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, here we go. Scenarios: par- the parking lot jam session that we've talked about several times. So that's the scenario. Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. Or I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Oh boy, those are two of my classics. Those are two of my go-tos. Um, I'm going to go with Eye of the Tiger. Okay, Eye I've of the Tiger. Of it's, it's it's a little more of a tiger. it's a little more of a tone setter out there. That's right. That's right. You got to think about it's game time. We're coming. It's in. game time out there, and right. it's it's like I'm. You know, you mentioned baseball and football earlier. From a football standpoint, it's like I'm coming down the tunnel, and there's uh, music playing, and I'm about ready to enter the field. And I think I, I think I had the tiger. It even hits a little harder when I have the sunglasses on. Yeah, it does. I've seen it. It does. And you know, I think actually one time, this is now the lightning rounds turning into like a past. The storm's past, uh, but. That uh, is it, like a, a Milwaukee speaker or something waterproof or something that you had out there? Nah, it's something. It's something I got from Costco. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, yeah. I've seen it from. Yeah, so distance, yeah, it's but, like water resistant or whatnot. Yeah. You know? So I I remember walking up one time, hearing "Eye of the Tiger," and I believe it was starting to rain. And you it, and it was like it did hit harder. It was like this is it's game time. It's for time sure. And, I almost and, ran into the school. Yeah, for sure. And one of the best purchases that I made this year was uh, secretary and I sat down for about 15 minutes and I have a uh, ordered a rain suit off of uh, off of Amazon. So um, I'm out there in the elements uh, and, and music like Eye of the Tiger definitely gets me pumped up. In fact, with, with that whole thing, Steve, I actually made one of our students $20 this year. How? How? So there was a, a parent and uh, he's a sixth grader. No, wait. Yeah, sixth grader. Wait, yeah, sixth grader. He uh, he said uh, his dad said that uh, he, he bet his dad that I wouldn't be out there all all school year. Um, he, he thought that I would come in during the winter time when it got super cold, and I did not. So I ended up they put a twenty dollar bet on it, and I ended up making him twenty bucks. That's awesome. You should get like five five percent commission. I should I'm get a cut of that. that. I agree. Something something. Um, all right. So back to the future or Lord of the Rings. I've, I've never seen any of them. Um, oh, really? Never. Uh, Back to that. the Future, I guess, because isn't that the DeLorean car thing? That is, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Michael J. Fox. Uh, I picked two popular movies and didn't see it, but hey, there we go. Root against, this one's going to be tough, I think. Well, maybe not. Root against Iowa sports for the next year or not brush your teeth for the next year. Oh, I'd root against Iowa sports. I would root against Iowa sports. I can't. Uh, I can't live with like a sugary feeling or an un- unclean feeling on my teeth. I got to brush those bad boys. Another sports: Jordan or LeBron? Jordan for sure. Yeah, it's like what's, no what question. Kind of question is that what kind of yeah, correct? Uh, be excellent at three things or be decent at thirty things. Excellent at three things, without a doubt. I thought that would be you. And uh, th- this is the last one. This okay. is kind of doozy. So, okay. you know, no more student cell phones in schools or increase teachers' salaries by 10%. Wow, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with increase teacher salary by 10%. Uh, 
we the cell phone thing can be difficult, but we do a I think we do a pretty good job here um, with with our students knowing what our expectations are, our staff working to manage those expectations, and they've been doing it. So um, they have they, they've been doing it, um, and our parents, like you mentioned earlier, we talked a lot about um, you know family involvement and engagement. Our parents certainly um, help us out with that too. They help us uh, keep a little bit of a closed lid on those phones as much as possible. Yeah, I I thought you'd go that route uh, as kind of a lead into some of your leadership stuff. We, we Beth and I were really surprised with and pleasantly surprised with some of the cell phone policy you guys have, which has been fantastic and kind of oh. keeps all the goofiness down and bullying and cyber stuff and whatever. Um, so yeah, you guys have done awesome. Well, thank you, um, Zach. I've said it to your face. I've said it behind your back. I'll say it in the recording. You're the man. Uh, my Thanks. kids have absolutely loved uh, yeah. having you as a principal. We we loved uh, we we have loved being under your leadership. So, if you wouldn't mind closing us out, um, you can speak directly to folks in education that maybe need some encouragement. Uh, not necessarily that they're having the worst year of their life, but you know, wind in the sails never hurts anybody. Uh, and maybe those who are thinking about maybe jumping into a career in education, what would you? What would you want to leave those folks with? Yeah, so um, I don't know how specific this may be to education, but I, I, it does definitely apply. Um, and, and it's actually a quote, if that's okay. Bring it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, it's it's one of my favorites. It's it's the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Um, what do you think of that? Oh man. Say, can you say it one more time? Yeah, I'll say it one more time. The chains of the chains of habit are too light to be felt until they're too heavy to be broken. Oh man, yeah. So the patterns that we're setting, yes, are sometimes unrecognizable until we're bound by them. Yeah, that yeah, is, exactly. That, that's a heavy statement. That is, it, and it's and it's it. Yeah, Steve. It and it's all about behavior. I mean, it's really all about behavior, and it's all about the things that you do. You know, a lot of us, you know, we know what to do. We, we know how to do it. We know what we need to do, but are we actually going to uh, stand up and, and do it? I know if, uh, you know, I know that if I, um, you know, want to feel better about myself and if I want to, you know, help improve my, my health and, and be more fit and, uh, you know, be more, be, be more physical. I know I got to, I know exercise and diet is important with that um, to, to help that. But if I don't exercise and if I just eat whatever I want, um, you know, my, my health is, is not gonna, is not gonna be good. And those are my behavior choices. And so, um, so make the right choices. Um, I highly encourage people to, um, you know, build, get in routines, um, you know, get in routines, uh, get into habits, um, make sure that what you're doing is helpful to yourself. Uh, cause when you're helpful to yourself, you can be helpful to, to others, um, you know, be positive. Um, you know, it's easy sometimes to let some of the external forces, you know, whatever it may be, um, kind of creep in, get you down a little bit, um, kind of, you know, put, put you on the, on the, uh, on the down a, a little bit, but, um, just be positive, be willing to be open, uh, serve people. Um, just, 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 you know, just, just do it, man. Just, just behave well, <laughs> behave well, make good choices. I mean, that's, that, that's just, it, it, it sounds simple, but it, it's not because, um, you know, oftentimes people don't want to behave, uh, they, they don't want to, um, they, they don't want to make 
behavior choices that get them where they ultimately want to be. So, um, and, and also, um, you know, find those people, find that, find, make those uh, connections and build those relationships so that um, you got a ton of people to work with and ton of people to go to. So good. That's a great way to end it. It is that is applicable um, to anybody that's listening in here. Um, and, and Zach, so grateful to be able to do this. Um, I'm excited to for the podcast to come out um, and, and for it to. I don't know. Maybe it does inspire some people to not just check out GFA or what you're all about, but that they can make a difference by getting in there and and doing it day in and day out, whether it's raining or snowing, that they're doing the thing. So. Uh, appreciate you, man. I hope you have a, uh, awesome rest of the day and, um, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right. Here's the part of the show where we do takeaways and action items. First of all, takeaways. I've got a couple. Number one, not all public schools are created equally. Number two, a great leader serves their people. And sometimes when it's raining outside. Number three, Costco is better than Sam's. Action items. Number one, engage with your kids, teachers, and principals. Number two, tell the educators in your life that you appreciate them and their work. Number three, use people's names as often as possible. Now, if you liked what you heard in this episode, I have a simple ask. Just send it to someone. Hit the three dots or that little box with like the arrow that's jumping out of it. Hit that, copy it, text it to them, post it on social media, tag some educators, um, tag us so we can engage with you too. We want to bring value to more and more folks just like you, but we don't know your friends or your colleagues and we need your help to get the message out. So do that. Uh, If you want to comment uh, or review the podcast, feel free it's said in like every podcast on earth. Um, and some people do it, some people don't. If you don't want to, don't do it, whatever. But just send the episode to somebody so that they get the value there. Now, if you do comment, I promise we'll read it. It does fill our cup up. We, we really do enjoy it. So thank you for the kind comments. Scroll down to see the spot with all caps where it says show notes to find some links to follow up with Zach and with the impact of leadership. We've got over 130 other episodes in our podcast library, over 75 blogs with practical leadership lessons. Click the notes, hit the links for more, and I can't wait to be with you again soon. But until then, from us at the Impact of Leadership, thanks for listening.